Golden State Warriors basketball. Stolen by Curry. Curry driving with wall back goes reverse with a left hand. It was so weak. This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. Green will pin down for Curry. Curry, right side, drives on Davis, backs up for room, shoots a fadeaway. It's up and good. Steph Curry knocked it down. Only his fifth field goal, 13 tries, but none bigger than that one, 96-92 Warriors. Guarded by Cousins, ball to lead, back to Jared Jack, dribbles back, looks, finds Clay, Clay's open, takes a three right side, it's up and good with 6.5 to go. Highlights from the back-to-back, a win on the home floor over the Hornets, and then a loss last night in Sacramento, second time that Golden State has gone to the capital city and ended up with an L. Hi, everybody. Tim Roy, and once again, I invite you to take a seat around the roundtable. It's the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680, the sports leader. We have a great show for you tonight. The Warriors 17-9, and right in the middle of four games in five nights. And uh, tomorrow night, they welcome the Charlotte Bobcats to Oracle Arena, uh, Kemba Walker, and Bismack Biombo make their only Bay Area appearance on the season. And then the first of two games in the Bay Area with the Los Angeles Lakers. So it promises to be an exciting weekend as the Warriors take on the Bobcats and the Lakers before the holiday. Now coming up on this show, we had a chat last night before the game with Festus Azili. And we'll find out about his journey, strange as it was, from Sacramento to the Golden State Warriors. Plus a couple of comments from the head coach, Mark Jackson, on the progress of his young center. Well, Golden State 17-9 on the floor, and they continue to excel off the floor. 15 plays for the holidays as Golden State gives back to the Bay Area, trying to make the Bay Area a happier place this holiday season. Then we go to Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X, where I answer your questions on Twitter and also via email. T-Roy, T-R-O-Y-E, at Warriors.com. We try to get to as many as we can. And the Warriors Weekly Roundtable would not be complete this week without a look back at the player of the week in the Western Conference, and that is our own David Lee. Lee is playing the best basketball of his career, in my opinion, and in four games last week, averaged 22.8 points, 12.5 rebounds, almost three assists, and a steal while shooting 60% from the floor, helping the Warriors to a 3-1 and record, and that 6-1 and road trip, he has just been outstanding. 20 points and 10 rebounds in all seven games of that road trip, becoming the first NBA player to post such numbers in every game of a road trip of at least seven games since 1972, when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it in every game of a nine-game affair. So David Lee, well done. We'll look back at a great week for him. And then the Warriors Weekly Roundtable will take a different turn because tonight we have a mystery. We have some intrigue. We have a special guest and a surprise announcement here on the Roundtable, and you must stick around to find out. I, Tim Roy, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues with Festus Azili, but before we break away, I want to tell you to join us tomorrow for the first Authentic Fan Friday of the season, brought to you by Comcast Sportsnet. See the Warriors take on the Charlotte Bobcats and be a part of the authentic fan experience. The first 19,000 fans receive a David Lee Collector Series cheer card. For ticket information, go to warriors.com slash fan Friday. Festus Azili, when we come back on K MBR 680, the sports leader. Lee in the bounce, cuts off and takes the hand off baseline to the rack, jammed it and was foul. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. 
I'm Tim Roy. Join us around the roundtable. The Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues. And if, and if you're looking for a last-minute holiday gift, and I'm always doing that, maybe even right after tonight's show, you can give the gift of Warriors basketball with a Holiday Hoops mini plan brought to you by Jamba Juice. Four game packages feature all the Warriors marquee matchups, including the Lakers, the Miami Heat, or a special superstar pack. Get your holiday hoops plan tonight and receive a $10 Jamba Juice gift card. Go to warriors.com or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP and press 1. For the Warriors 17-9 and on the season, they get ready for Charlotte tomorrow night, 7 o'clock pregame right here on KMBR 680 and the Golden State Warriors Radio Network. Before last night's game in Sacramento, in talking with the head coach, Mark Jackson, I asked him for his update on Festus Azili and getting his thoughts on how the rookie center has played. Well, he's been very good for us. Um, young fella, learning, works his tail off, um, gives us a physical presence on both sides of the basketball and uh, pays attention to detail. You know, he's, he's a big reason why you know, we've been able to do what we've done thus far. Is he a better screen setter now than he was at the beginning of the year? He's getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, screen setting nonetheless. It's great to have Festus Azili in the fold for Golden State and starting at the center in place of Andrew Bogut. Before last night's game in Sacramento, I talked to Festus about his days in Sacramento and the twists and turns of his journey from a high schooler to the NBA. Gets it now in half court, blasting it on Jenkins, goes up, rejected by Festus Ezeli. Out of bounds. He was laying in wait for that, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Back in Sacramento, it's got to be fun to be home. Always great. It's always great to be home. Uh, get to see my family uh, during the holidays. Um, I'm excited. Tell me about when you came here, you moved here, and you're at Jesuit High School. Why didn't you play high school basketball? Uh, it was a couple of reasons. Uh, first reason was I had already graduated back in Nigeria, so I lost my eligibility. But then also I wasn't good enough to play, so, uh, yeah, that, that kind of dropped the ball on the whole thing. So you had graduated high school in Nigeria at what age? Graduated high school at 14. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. So tell, tell me, there's a story that goes around that you went to Yuba Community College. I did. And you were the team's film guy? Videographer, yes, sir. I did, uh, I did the filming for uh, the basketball games there. And, and, and tell me a little bit about that. What, what did that entail, and, and how does that help you? Uh, well, I, well, we would come off the bus, and I would be, the, I'll be one of the biggest guys coming off the bus. Very intimidating, and people will see me whip out the camera, the pod, the, the tripod. And they'd be looking like, what is going on, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, no, it, it just, I think it brought out, like, a passion for me in the game. You know, I, I, I watched the game so much at that time that I, I wanted to be out on the floor. I wanted to go out and be one of the guys playing. I didn't want to be on the sidelines, you know? And, uh, no, no offense to you guys, but I wanted to be out there on the floor. I wanted to play. So I think it increased my passion. Increased your passion, and you started playing AAU ball. Who are the Sacramento Pharaohs? The, the NorCal Pharaohs. Yeah, we were actually pretty good. Yeah. At what point did you find out that you were getting enough recognition that college is starting to talk to you? Right. We played, and uh, um, I got invited to some camps. And, yeah, college colleges started to see me, and they offered me some scholarships, yes. At what colleges other than Vanderbilt were interested in you? How, how much time you got? <laughs> I uh, I know the thing about it is, is I was so raw 
that a lot of colleges saw the potential of me to be. I mean, they could see the potential of me. I was, I was but I, I was athletic and I had some instincts that they could. I feel like you can't teach size. Right. You know, I, I heard a lot of people say that. You know, when they saw me, and uh, being able to block shots that just came instinctual to me, and they just they each each coach that saw me, they were biting at the chance to to get to teach me. So you go to Vanderbilt, and obviously, what a great place to go. I mean, right. Great education. It's sort of like, like, like Stanford out here in the West Coast. And you walk into the coach's office and you say, I want a red shirt. Why? wanted a red shirt because I felt like I, I needed more time. If I red shirt, I had five years versus four. And I felt like I needed more time to develop as a player. And I felt like I needed more time to get to my potential. Which is, I mean, it, it ended up being very, very good for me. And uh, I'm very appreciative that I did that. You had a nice college career, even though you bowed through some uh, some injury and some mm-hmm. situations there. You're here with the Warriors now, and how close are you to reaching your potential? You think? Close? No, I'm. This is my first year. I'm just starting, man. It's it's gonna be. I'm planning on being here for a long time, and so I'm gonna each year. I'm just gonna keep getting better and um, just see how far I can go. The sky's the limit. What's the first to 20 plus games been like for you? Uh, it's been a lot of traveling. We've been we just came back from a seven game road trip seemed like forever. But it's fun. It's like a game feel like we have a game every other day. Uh, it's the best job in the world though. I really can't I can't it, it's amazing. I love this game so much. Uh, having great teammates is it makes it a whole lot better for you and I mean it's just fun. We come out, we're like a family, we joke, mess around, but when we get on the court we I mean, we got each other's back. So it's it's a lot of fun right now. Any easier for you that you have three other rookies that are going through what you're going through? Of course, yeah. We uh, we all, we have. I mean, it's good to have guys there. You know, he's going through. They're going through the same thing because you can look to them for. I mean, whenever you're in a moment of need, you can go to them, talk to them, and I mean, you also have veterans there to talk to to support you as well. So, I mean, we have a good team here. Other than the travel, anything that has surprised you about the league so far? Surprised me. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know about well. I'll say the taxes. That's not. Welcome to California. <laughs> um, yeah, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm learning about. Every time I see it, it's like something brand new. It's like, man, wow, you really take that? Wow, that's amazing. But, yeah, um, everything so far has been a very good learning experience. And I'm really enjoying being a part of this team. It's got to be a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to just calling the ball games. the fact the club's playing so well. Right, yeah. The coaches have been great. They're trying to turn this program around with the uh, uh, GM and the new owner, and I mean everything is. Everybody here is they. They really want to win, and you can see it in every facet of the of the, of the organization. So it's been good. No doubt about it. Hey Festus, I know you got to go to work, so yes, sir. Get your work done. Thanks for the chat. All right, it's game time. Thank you. My thanks to Festus Azili for his time before the game last night in uh, Sacramento. And coming up on the show, well, the Golden State Warriors are seventeen and nine, and one of the great things about watching them play this year has been their unselfish play on the offensive end. Well, the Warriors organization continues to hand out assists off the floor with fifteen plays for the holidays, and this week making the pass is none other. Then Steph Curry. We'll have that when we continue on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Lee got the rebound. Top of Clay Thompson for three. Yes! We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
Hi, Tim Boyce from Warriors Radio. As part of the Warriors' 15 plays for the holidays campaign, Warriors guard Steph Curry went to Oakland's Kaiser Permanente Medical Center to make surprise bedside visits in the kids' section of the hospital. He also went to the group playroom. He delivered holiday gift bags and signed autographs for patients and staff. It's all part of the Golden State Warriors organization's efforts to make the Bay Area a better place to live and make the Bay Area a happier place this holiday season. This is awesome. I mean, obviously, uh, holiday season, you want to be able to bring some smiles to the kids in the community, especially at the hospital who may be going through some tough times. So uh, just to bring some joy to them um, as best we can and just spend some time with them, and that's what, what this is all about. A lot of smiles and a lot of basketball fans who play themselves and will obviously watch, watch the, some of the Warriors play. So um, just to be able to come out and, and for them to see us and, and uh, just kind of, just like I said, spend some time with them. It's a, it's a cool, cool experience. It's a pleasure to be a part of with uh, Kaiser Permanente to invite us to uh, spend some time with their patients and, um, you know, like I said, to be able to do it during the holiday season and kind of give back and bring smiles to, to a lot of kids' faces, it's a, it's a good a good experience for us. Christian, nice to meet you. You brothers? No, they're cousins. Cousins? Close enough. Nice to have here. I want to bring you guys in a little bag here from the Warriors. Here you go. No problem. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You want one too? Uh-oh, watch out for the door. Thank you. You want one? Christian. What you got in your hand right there? Oh yeah? Is that good? <laughs> That's awesome. A lot of goodies in there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you can grow into it. That's it. You just want to bring smiles to their faces, and sometimes we're going through some uh, some tough periods, and the holiday season is definitely a time to just make them feel good and share some joy in any way you can. And uh, I don't know if they're sports fans or not, but I'm sure their families and and then we get a kick out of out of uh, some attention. And just hi. How you doing? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Ryan. Yeah. Nice to meet you, man. Steph, yes sir. How you doing? Oh really? How long? When did that happen? Uh, Saturday, last Saturday. Last Saturday? About over a week. Okay. You feel a little better? Yeah, I'm about to get out here tomorrow going home. Okay, I know you're excited about that. So excited. <laughs> you didn't know. Have you I had a couple of surgeries. So most time I spent probably four or five days, so I know exactly. My injuries is terrible. I know you feel limited, but you want to just be in, in your own in your own surroundings. Nice. nice to meet you too, Ryan. Hey, basketball player, how you doing, my man? Doing good? I got a little gift bag here for you. All right. It's got some other stuff in here, but the t-shirt's the cool, cool part. The same t-shirt I got on, the little Warrior logo. You can wear that. You get the gown off, all right? Just want to come by and wish you a happy holiday season, my man. All right, get better soon. All right, we're praying for you, all right? Appreciate it, man. So, wow, I'll leave that for you right there. Look at that right there. I'll, I'll sign it to you. You play point guard? That's it, man. 
Don't forget this bag too, we got some other stuff in here. Well, we got some stuff from my team that they wanted to give you. It's a little gift, holiday gift bag from the Warriors. Thank you. You're yeah, welcome, man. Yeah. What? <laughs> Happy birthday, man. How old are you? 15. 15? All right, you a freshman? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's it, man. <laughs> It's up a good Harrison Barnes can feel it right now. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. We continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. I'm Tim Roy. Time now to answer your questions on Twitter or email at Warriors Box on Twitter, Warriors V O X, or email T Roy, T R O Y E, at Warriors.com. Try to get to as many as we can. Well, DubsFan212 wants to know about Golden State. Are they surprised? Are they doing so well at this point of the season? It's a good question and one that was recently posed to Carl Landry. You know, it's not all me. I'm sure Steph and, and David Lee and the rest of my teammates can tell you that. I mean, we're, we're having success not because, you know, the work individually that we put in on the floor and off the floor uh, is it's, it's, it's us collectively as a team. Well, the next question comes from Sniff009, who wants to know, I know the Warriors have problems with big men that are oversized. Davis and Cousins seem to be matchup problems. So there's no doubt that uh, Golden State right now, with only Festus Azili playing significant minutes at the five, uh, a little bit undersized. And a lot of times Mark Jackson going with Carl Landry and David Lee because he doesn't have Andrew Bogut right now. So that's a problem. And I think there's a definite correlation to the fact that the Warriors' losses to Orlando and to Sacramento were in part, in part, because the fact that they had trouble with the big men on both of those squads. And I think those four games are, to me, games where the Warriors really missed Andrew Bogut, and they'll miss him on Saturday when the Warriors take on the Dwight Howard. Anytime you're playing a huge front line, that's where the loss of Andrew Bogut is going to be telling for Golden State. And I think that's just another reason why it was so important to make that deal, to get size that Andrew Bogut will provide down the road, and it's going to be necessary for the Warriors to have that, not only around the NBA, but certainly inside their own division. Moving right along to a Warrior supporter who is inquiring about Steph Curry and about how it feels for him after playing on a couple of teams that weren't very good, but playing on a team right now that's having a great deal of fun. It is different. Uh, obviously, you know, we're only 15 games in, so we can't be complacent and satisfied with that. But knowing, you know, that we're capable of competing and, and playing like we have, you know, we're, we're very excited and optimistic about, you know, what we can do down the stretch. Steph Curry doing a very nice job of leading this basketball team, and I've said it a bunch of times, when he's aggressive and playing well, the Warriors are playing their best basketball. But the guy who's playing the best basketball of his career right now is David Lee. He's the reigning Western Conference Player of the Week, and we look back at the week that was for David Lee and four games where he was certainly stellar. High post, looks in low. 
waiting, waiting. Now to shoot, takes a shot. It's up and good. Did I say he was feeding it? Yes. Rotation outside. That's a deep jumper for Mullins. No good rebound goes to Curry. Outlet to David Lee. Drive got foul. Layup is good. Continuation. Count the basket. And Lee on the free throw line. The chance for a three-point play. Takes the pass by Thompson. Great pass to Lee. Good fake on Boss. Goes right and dunk it with the right hand. Threw it down hard. David Lee coming left to right. Wow. Pressured by Chalmers. Picked by Lee. Curry terminates. Passes right wing to Thompson. Dribble drive on the left hand. Keith Lee. Lee in traffic. On the go with the left hand. Big shot. It's good. David Lee has 16. And the Warriors lead by four. He is three rebounds shy of yet another 20-10 game. When we came into the season, they said we have a 0% chance of making the playoffs. We're going to finish 13th in the West. Uh, you know, had a lot of attack on a lot of our players personally and negative things going into the season. But all we're trying to do is just win as a team. And we've improved two things. We've improved our defense. We've improved our rebounding. And we do those two things. We have enough offensive talent to give ourselves a chance to win. A little flip on the left hand. And David Lee has tremendous confidence right now. 19 points and five rebounds in the first half. Lee now with eight rebounds in the first half. Curry in the front court, working on more, gets the screen, steps around it, back to Lee, to the rim with the right hand. Beautiful pick and roll, and Steph Curry with a brilliant assist. Lee gets the hoop out, a steal by Lee in the front court. Curry gets it behind the back to Jared Jack. It's a three, and it's good! And that has the Warriors bet very excited, 55-44. And the Hornets have got the lead to 10. Curry right side, in deep the lead. No look, fouls to Azili, who lays it in. David Lee is playing on a different plane right now. He's above just about everybody else on the floor. Up and good, David Lee getting to wherever he wants to go on the floor and knocking everything down. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Well, the Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues. A reminder, it's time to drive for five with Kia. Purchase or lease a 2012 or 2013 Kia vehicle, and you'll drive home with two tickets to five Warrior home games. For complete details, including a list of participating Bay Area Kia retailers, go to warriors.com slash Kia. Well, we've been telling you all night long, we have a special surprise for you tonight, a special guest here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, and we have an announcement to go with that. And joining us right now, the one, the only, Mr. T, Tom Tolbert. Welcome to the roundtable, Tom. Tim, what's going on? I might have to stick around for the last segment. Who are you guys going to have on? <laughs> it's you. You oh. a big surprise. Wow. What a letdown. You know? You know we're, it's, I, oh, what's what a this bummer RC? for the it's, listening audience. <laughs> it's going to be Bobcat hair, haircut night. I think that's what it's going to be. We're going to have the Bobcat look his back. So. Well, when people cut their hair, maybe they can just give it to me then. I can use some to form a Bobcat on my hair because my Bobcat is bald. Well, you can have the you have the big Raymond Ritter look is what you have. Absolutely. I think, so. Yeah, double the size of Raymond Ritter's head. Well, one his of the reasons head's like Pluto. Mine's Jupiter. <laughs> Just another image I need to purge from my brain. Uh, one of the reasons we had you on, obviously, is you're going to be joining us. You're yeah. going to be sitting in with uh, yours truly for 10 games. Very exciting. It starts on January 2nd when the Warriors take on the L.A. Clippers. And, uh, hey, glad to have you aboard. I am definitely looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I've been following this team for the better part of 25 years now since I played here in the late 80s with Timmy and Chris and Mitch and and stayed in the area and of course doing radio for 16 years so it's something that i've always wanted to do be affiliated with the team and being able to work with you and 
come and call games and do what I did during my playing days, which was a lot of the time get paid to sit on the bench and watch the game and talk to the guy next to me. (laughs) (laughs) Except this time, I don't think you'll get teed up this time. I will not get teed up this time, and I'm going to actually have to wear a collared shirt, whereas the last time I did it, I was able to wear a tank top. I I can be a little risque. I don't even think that's going to fly. Well, you know, you're on radio, you know, so no one will know. But, of course, people in the stands would know. They wouldn't want to see my arms, Tim. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Hey, but you're coming on at a great time. Uh, This club is playing good basketball. Uh, The roster really, I think, took shape uh, in late fall with the addition of Jared Jack and Carl Landry. And and, uh, Mark Jackson has them playing good basketball right now. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. They're a different team than they have been in the past where they would have to outscore teams. And if they didn't shoot well, their chances of winning diminished drastically. And that went threefold on the road. We saw with this last road trip, them going 6-1. and one. They're able to win games now without shooting particularly well. They can rebound. They can defend. And I think guys like Landry and Jack and Green are three of the biggest reasons why this team is where they're at. I understand that David Lee deserves to be – I think he deserves to be an all-star this year, and Steph Curry is not far behind. But those three guys bring a grittiness, a toughness to this team. And I think it's epitomized in the rookie Draymond Green, who can go out there and go one for seven and still have an impact on the game because of the way he thinks the game, the way he defends, the way he helps defends, the way he rebounds. He does a lot of things. I know it's cliche, but a lot of things that don't show up in the box score to help you win basketball games. You know, it's funny, and I've been saying this a couple of times, but, the, it, you know, fourth quarter in Miami, you look down and there's, you know, Draymond Green guarding LeBron James, and, and I was perfectly fine with that. You know, that shows you the type of impact this kid has had is that, you know, he can defend, and, uh, you know, Tom Izzo basically had it nailed. You know, he said that, you know, I can't tell you what kind of game he has or what type of player he has. All I know is he wins. And he makes winning plays. When you need an offensive rebound, he's there. When you need a stop or a steal, he's there. Uh, and and I think when you have a rookie doing that, and you can you tell me because you obviously know more about it than I do. But I think when you have a rookie do that, it, it kind of gets the, the the veterans going a little bit because they don't want the rookie to to shine better than they do, do they? Uh, you know, I don't know. When you see someone doing that, and especially when they bring an IQ to a basketball team, sometimes the overall IQ rises. I had a chance to talk to him for the first time a couple weeks ago. Well, not for the first time. For the first time this year, he's filling in for Andrew Bogut on Tuesdays, who was doing the weekly weekly show. But because he was hurt, and I know he didn't want to answer the same questions, I didn't want to ask the same questions, we decided to uh, see if anybody else wanted to do it. Draymond stepped up, and he's so much fun to talk to. He was, as a rookie, this guy's talking about angles. And I've always said that athletes should take geometry classes because a lot of these guys, when you watch them, Angles in football, angles in basketball, they don't understand. They, they should know who Pythagoras is, for crying out loud. They need to understand A squared plus B squared <laughs> equals C squared. I have no idea what that helps. But he's talking about angles on attacking a pick and roll, angles in which you set a pick and roll, angles in which you rotate, angles in which you go out to a shooter versus a non-shooter. And it was really illuminating to hear a rookie talk about stuff like that that really impacts a basketball game and the little things and he said he has to be so on top of the game mentally that I I think in a sense you're right when one guy's on top of their game mentally it kind of raises the bar for everybody else but even 10-year veterans didn't talk about some of the stuff that he talked about during that interview and I found it refreshing. Yeah, basketball IQ. He's off the charts. Mark Jackson has already said that he's going to that he thinks Draymond's going to be a head coach in the league at some point. 
and you know he brings that. And also, you know, you, you look at the the other rookies who are playing right now. Harrison Barnes gives the Warriors some athleticism that they need. Uh, Festus Azili is a defender. Uh, it's it's a nice mix on this ball club, and I think that's one reason why. They're playing so well, Thomas, that their, their chemistry is very, very good. It's a very unselfish team. Yeah, I think with Harrison Barnes, he's really trying to find find his way right now. With Draymond, you look at a guy who realizes he can do a lot of other things besides scoring, but Harrison Barnes has always been a guy, you know, coming out of Iowa, he's a national high school player of the year, then he's a, you know, either the first or second option when he goes to North Carolina. So when you come in as a rookie, you try to find your way, because right now the options are – Curry and Lee, and then Clay Thompson gets some looks, and Landry and Jack. And I think for a guy that's been used to scoring his entire life, he's trying to figure out where do I fit in? Where do I be aggressive? Where do I pull back? What else can I do? Because I think he's got the body and the athleticism to be uh, athleticism to be a very good defender and should be a good rebounder. He showed us a little bit on the block this year, but I, I get the feeling that he's a little tentative right now, that he's not really sure when I when I go, when I pull back, when I look for uh, Steph or David Lee, and when I go ahead and get my own, and for the most part, you know, you're a, you're a small forward, and I think no matter whether you're a rookie or a six year guy, part of your job description as a small forward is to score, and I think he needs to be he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to have that mindset that I'm going to get up shots when I'm open. I'm going to try to take it to the rim and get to the free throw line. And you know what? If it gets a little, if it gets to the point where you need to pull back. Someone will tell you. Coach Jackson will tell you. Steph will tell you. You know, let's work the ball. Let's move the ball around a little bit. But that's the one thing I would like to see him do. Be a little more aggressive. Have that look in your eye like, you know what, you can't stop me. You know, and he gets that once in a while. Yeah. Every now and then he'll get it for you know, but it will only last a, a few possessions. And then, you know, he starts to defer again. And maybe that's his part about being a young player on a team that has uh, veterans that can score. Well, Kings game last night. Right, exactly. Right? I mean, Kings game last night in the third quarter where he had the nice dunk going baseline, then he came down, and I think he took it to the rim, then he had another little uh, pull-up jump shot in the lane. It was like, okay, here we go. And then he just he disappeared for a little bit. And it, and it's understandable to a certain extent because, I mean, Steph and David are going to be going to be your guys. But what I'm saying is far too often I think he does have a crease to the hoop or there is a play to be made there where he's just happy catching it and being a conveyor belt, just kind of moving the ball along. So I would like to see. He doesn't have to be as aggressive as he was during that, you know, two-minute stretch where you're shooting it every time. But what you would like to see him is put the ball on the ground, try to get to the rim. If you can't get to the rim, get to the paint. Make the defense collapse and start making plays for other guys because I think he has that ability. Todd Tilbert, our guest on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, and he will be our guest on 10 broadcasts this year, starting with the game against the L.A. Clippers. He'll join us for the game against Memphis, the Miami Heat, Oklahoma City, all home games, uh, Suns, uh, Sacramento, the Knicks, Lakers, Hornets, and Wolves, as we head to hopefully toward a playoff appearance for the Golden State Warriors. And Tom, Steph Curry, I think, is taking control of this team, rightfully so. And I think for Steph's career to go forward, I think Monte had to go. Because I, I think Steph and Monte, I think everybody talked about the size. And I always felt, well, if he had a shot blocker behind him or a big team behind him, it wouldn't be that big of an issue. But to me, the issue always was that both guys needed the ball, and, and a lot of times in the middle of the floor, and they both needed the ball to be at their best. So I think for Steph to move forward, uh, the Monte trade had to happen. 
Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Whether Andrew Bogut ever plays here is still a good trade, in my opinion. And I think he will end up playing at some point, and it's going to make this team significantly better. But I, I agree with you. I mean, now now there's a hierarchy. Before it was, who is it? Is it, is it Steph? Is it Monte? Is it Steph? Is it Monte? Now it's definitely Steph, and, you know, Clay Thompson is your shooting guard, but he doesn't need the ball in his hands as much as a guy like Monte Ellis. So, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. And there's another guy that I'd love to see when he's aggressive, not just shooting but making plays. The one thing I would like to see a little, you know, a little bit more of would be when, you know, Jack's in the game or even Clay handling the ball a little bit is to, you know, maybe a little bit more running uh, Steph Curry off some screens and spotting up. I mean, he is an unbelievable shooter, and a lot of times he's getting his own shots. I think if you can, you know, it, it, it's taxing to bring the ball up, handle the ball, run the offense, play the point on defense. Uh, I think the more shots you can get this guy, the more free shots. And they're not easy to come by because everybody knows what type of shooter he is. But to get back to your original point, I I, I agree with you. I mean, you're, you're starting to see him blossom and become a leader. Not a vocal leader. He's not a rah-rah leader, but he leads by by example. Ty, as, as you look at the the – the Warriors season, and and we're starting a stretch, and you're going to be right in the middle of it, uh, where the Warriors will play a number of very, very good teams. Is there a difference when you're playing a team like that, and you were on some good Warrior teams, that when you show up and or the other team comes to your gym and you're no longer the hunter, that you're the hunted, is there a difference? Yeah, I think teams take you more seriously from the get-go, from the, from the opening jump. They're going to start taking this team a little more seriously. If if the 6-1 and one road trip wasn't enough to make you turn your head, the win at Miami certainly was. I mean, that was a game they were down five in the fourth quarter, and most Warrior teams in the past wouldn't have been within five. They wouldn't have climbed back, taken the lead, and ended up winning that game. This team just has a veteran. Like I said, gritty is a word that I use a lot. Uh, it, just savvy. Uh, they don't panic. But I do believe it does come to that point. And maybe it's not there yet. Maybe people still look at the Warriors because as someone who's been following the Warriors for, you know, played with them and following them for 20 years, you're still waiting for that bubble to burst to a certain extent because I'm sure a lot of Warrior fans out there have so much scar tissue it's going to take them maybe seasons to get rid of their Warrior scar tissue. But it's like you want to put your foot in the water. It's like, okay, the water's warm. You know, it's feeling pretty good. And Should I put the other foot in? And then you put the other foot in and a you know, alligator takes you into a death roll, and it's like, oh, I bought in again. What the hell happened here? I just, I know I shouldn't have done that. So I, hey, I, hey, I'm, ch- I'm checking the sky for that. You know, that <laughs> Looney Tunes anvil. It's got acme on the side. It's coming down. It's like uh, no, but I think when you look at this team, Tim, the defense and rebounding have been there. Aside from last night against Sacramento, which, in my opinion, aside from the loss, was pretty fun. It took me back to the run TMC days. We just ran up down the court and first one to one twenty, ended up winning. But those two things have been constant. Shooting's going to come and it's going to go and I think this is a a good shooting team. Not a great shooting team, but a good shooting team. But I think the reason they have been able to win on the road and be in just about every ball game is the defense has been solid, the rebounding has been solid. So I think that's going to allow them to not only compete with good teams but to to be good teams. And I think Warrior fans should be excited about this team. They should be excited about Andrew Bogut hopefully coming back at some point, and I've been asked the question, will it be tough to integrate him into the team? And I think if he was a scorer, he might, it might be, but he's not really much of a scorer. He's more of a rebounder, shot blocker, tremendous passer on the post. He doesn't need a lot of touches down in the post, so I think it's going to be kind of an easy slide. Will there be some adjusting? Sure, whenever you uh, 
you know, uh, bring a starter back into the the fold, there's going to be some adjustments. But it's, I mean, I think if you're aware, I understand the trepidation certainly, but I think this is a team that uh, looks like it has. I, I don't want to say playoffs written all over them, but they have the look of that type of team. You know, a team that can compete with the best teams in the league. Let's talk about uh, your Warrior days. Uh, do you have a uh, top five uh, favorite Warrior teammates? You know what? That was as close to a college team as as I ever played on. We hung out with one and all. I could hang out with Timmy one night, Chris, Mitch, Rod Higgins, Jim Peterson. I hung out a lot in Alameda. After practice, we'd go and play some video games, maybe have a beer or two and watch giant games. And that was kind of the kind of the day. And then we'd you know, do it all over again the next day, watch a lot of Giants games, play a lot of video games, but on the road, yeah, you'd go out to dinner with any number of guys on that team. Alton Lister was a guy that I hung out with. Mario Ellie was another guy. Tyrone Hill. It was it was a fun team to be a part of. It was a fun style of basketball. We all enjoyed getting up and down. I mean I I, I think it bothers me when people say you can't win running. I, I completely disagree with that. And when people say the game slows down in the playoffs, to me it's a myth. Everyone says it, so it happens. But what's easier to defend, half court or open court? So when people say, well, the scouting's different, they know what you're doing, well, yeah, they know what you're doing. So why in the world would you settle for half court? I think I'm getting off the point here. But going back to the word days, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything about that experience. I still live here, so obviously I love Northern California. Those teammates were some of the best teammates in the NBA, probably the best teammates I've had in the NBA. And I don't know if I could pick a top five because they were all they were all great. And when we see them at the reunions now, it's fun to get together with them and talk with them and see how the kids are doing. You know, Timmy's got his kid in Michigan playing good basketball. And I know Mitch has got a son playing hoops. I just talked to him a couple of days ago. And Chris, so it's really it was it was a cool time. It's funny too because when people look back on that, you would think we were like a sixty-five win team. The way people look back on the run TMC era, I think that's kind of a testament to the style we played and how much fun it was to watch. And maybe the fans kind of kind of just enjoying the product that we put out there for a few years. Yeah, it was a it was a fun team to watch, and and uh, certainly the you know the unselfish. It was almost joyful to watch you guys move the ball and and uh, to get shots. What what. Uh... Got a couple of funny moments from those days. Uh, oh yeah, got a whole bunch of funny moments. <laughs> what was it? What was, well, the, what what is, was the one? Yeah. What was the one with Manute Bowl? Uh, he was telling. Was it the Blazers? He was saying something about cable TV. Oh yeah, every time he, every time somebody would try to lay it up on Manute, and he'd block their shot, and he'd he'd ask them if they had cable because they should have known better than to try to go in there and score on it. <laughs> just, and it was funny too because he'd get dunked on occasionally because Manute went after every shot. And any time he got dunked on, he'd blame the help defense. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> that was your man. Like, what do you want me to do? You just got dunked on. Just stuff it. Leave me alone. I'm trying to do my game in here. But it, I, I tell you one story. We're playing San Antonio, and we, we came into the locker room, and we didn't have anybody to start at center. Not that we didn't have anybody. Nelly just didn't decide on anybody to start at center. So he had uh, like Mullen, Willie Anderson, blah 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 blah, all the way down the board. And he's like, anybody got any ideas on how to guard David Robinson? So I told him, I said, well, you got to be physical with him. you got to try to push him off the box. And then when he faces up, you got to crowd him a little bit and keep him from going keep him from going left if you can. He goes, all right, you start on him. I'm like, all right, cool, I'll, go, I'll start on him. So I go out there and start on David Robinson. And I think he had like 12 points in the first eight minutes of the game, seven minutes of the game. <laughs> Buzzer sounds. Eh. 
I'm coming out of the game. And Nelly looks at me as I'm going to the bench. He goes, nice bleeping idea, Tolbert. He goes, that's the last time I listened to you. <laughs> and I told him, I said, well, it was a theory. I didn't say it would work. I go, maybe you need somebody better than me to implement it. <laughs> that guy was tough. To get. He was like my toughest guard. I mean, I played a lot of center uh, under Nelly. And there were certain guys. I mean, every guy I had trouble with because I was so much shorter than them. But a guy, guy like Ewing, I didn't mind guarding because he tried to back you up and be physical. And back in those days, it was we called it rooting. You can't do it anymore, but you could put your knee underneath the crack of their butt and the forearm in the in the back and just move them off the block. I mean, I used to guard Rick Smith. He was seven five. By the time he got the ball posting up, he was like 18 feet away from the bucket because I just, I just kept moving him off the block and moving him off the block, and there's Dick Versace on the sideline. God, that's a foul. He can't do that to Smith. He can't do it to him. But, but David Robinson was just so quick that he didn't mind catching 15 feet from the bucket. And every once in a while, if he got a post-up, you know, just a little jump hook or something. But he wasn't a great back-to-the-basket player, but he could shoot over me once he caught it. And he had the quickness to go around me. So he was a guy that was really, really tough for me to guard. I enjoyed either guys that were real physical that I could bang with or guys that maybe were a little slight of build but not super quick that I could kind of push around a little bit. But some of the guys that were taller than me, way more skilled than me, and then a lot quicker like Akeem and and David Robinson. Those guys those guys were nightmares. I mean, at least I, I found solace in the fact that nobody expected me to hold them under 30 anyway. So I was like, if I, <laughs> if I held you under like 29, and I felt like, just keep it in the 20s. I keep it in the 20s. I know you got your average, which reminds me of another story I'll give you real quick. I was playing Larry Johnson when I was with the uh, – it wasn't when I was with the Warriors. I was with the – the Magic, and he was with the Hornets. And I ended up having 18 points in the first 12 minutes of that game. I mean, I was just, like, going nuts in that game. By the way, I ended with 18 in that game. How do you <laughs> score 18 in the first 12 minutes? The next shot I got was with three minutes left in the game. I think they froze their own player out. I remember telling Matty Gukas, hey, Matt, I'm feeling good. Can we run this play? He goes, no, just keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, all right, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. So I'm playing Larry Johnson, and Larry's like, hey, Larry hit a couple shots on me. He's like, I'm about to bust you up now. I'm about to bust you up. I go, Larry. I've already almost tripled my average tonight. Are you kidding me? I go, anything else is gravy for me. I already got like eight rebounds, 18 points. I go, you're still 10 points away from your average. He goes, I don't care. I'm still going to bust you up. (laughs) (laughs) He was fun. to. I I enjoyed playing against him, too. He was fun to play against. All right. Hey, I look forward to uh, more uh, gems like that in your analysis. You're going to be with us for 10 games this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Starts on January 2nd when the Warriors take on the Clippers. Uh, Tommy, welcome aboard. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, Timmy. I really appreciate it. Look forward to working with you. I look forward to seeing you on the 2nd. And happy holidays to you, your family, and uh, the listening audience. Hey, man, thanks for joining us tonight, and and, uh, uh, welcome back to the Warriors family. Thank you, Tim. Now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. On behalf of Warriors Radio, we hope that you and yours are going to have the happiest and merriest of holiday seasons. And we're looking forward to 2013, what should be an exciting Golden State Warriors basketball season. But it all starts tomorrow night. But the Warriors hope to say bah, humbug to Kemba Walker and the Charlotte Bobcats. Right side, here's Walker. Walker up top. Pull up three. That's good. Kemba Walker from the arc. Behind a pick by Haywood. And the Bobcats recapture the lead. 
44-43 Charlotte. Warriors and Bobcats tomorrow night, 7 o'clock pregame on KBR 680. It's an authentic fan Friday presented by Comcast Sportsnet. Then it's on to Saturday night when the Warriors hope to put coal in the stocking of Kobe Bryant. Kobe one-on-one against Bellinelli. Kobe all the way. Foul and a dunk! Kobe Bryant! Two points and go to the line to try and complete the three-point play. Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers, 7 o'clock pregame on KBR 680 Saturday night. And then the holiday, and then on Wednesday, December 26, no cookies and milk left out for the Utah Jazz and Al Jefferson. Parker, working the top. He's got 22, he hasn't missed in the fourth quarter yet. Pass to Duncan, stolen by Big Al. He's going all the way. He packs it for two. And we're tied at 94, Big Al with a steal and the jam. Warriors and the Jazz, 5.30 with the pregame on KBR 680. And that will get us to our next session around the roundtable on Thursday, December 27th. Well, once again, I'll invite you to sit down and enjoy. I'm Tim Roy, thanking all of our guests on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, Festus Azili, uh, David Lee, head coach Mark Jackson, and, of course, our special guest to Tom Tolbert. Happy to have him in the fold for 10 games this year on Warriors Radio. I'm Tim Roy for producer R.C. Davis, David Feldhouse out the controls, and, of course, ESPN Radio. We'll follow the Warriors Weekly Roundtable tonight, wishing you the happiest of holidays and a very Merry Christmas. Golden State Warriors basketball. Hit the four on three, the trailer's Curry right side, fires away, three ball! For tickets, go to warriors.com or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.